Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. I am your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Joe Dallara. This is your Buckets season mega preview blowout. (laughs) All the adjectives, right? We are here to just get ready for the season. It's here. We have actual, real, kind of meaningful NBA games. We can bet on them. There are props. There are sides and totals. We're here. Get all your futures bets in. The goal today is we just want to get get our heads on. You know, we've been we've been doing futures, Joe, for like for oh months now. It's like so many texts back and forth. So many like about three hundred to one here. You know, right? So <laughs> the goal today is just okay. Who do we want to bet on right now? What are the early leans we're looking at? Uh, and, and who do we need to watch to see how are we going to bet them going forward? There's certain teams where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not betting this team out of the gates. Yeah. I just want, but I want to watch because I need to learn and see, you know, where we go. And so sometimes over under for certain teams out of the gates, maybe we're fading the vibes for a team or fading hype for another team, early prop angles. You know, Joe and I always have some prop angles to talk about. There will be Halliburton uh, oh, yeah. players that we want to talk about or systems, new coaches, rotations just basically all right you're here it's the season what are we watching what should you be watching for before we get into it don't forget of course make sure if you haven't yet you've got to get the action network app follow us on the app joe and i have all of our picks on there and i do mean all and there are a lot of them get your notifications on You'll be getting picks from us all day, all evening, live picks during the game, barrage of props picks. Get your escalator props picks ready to go. We're coming at you. So be sure to get the app. Seriously, I'd be using it even though I wasn't working here. Just track everything on there, real-time updates on scores and all the stats you need, all the trends. Everything is in there. So, all right, let's get to it. The goal is we're going to touch on every team. This is a two-part mega preview blowout, etc. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference today. The teams are roughly in order of interest. Interest to us, hopefully interest to you, and interest in what do we want to see early, what do we want to bet early. So a little more time on the teams at the top, perhaps a little less time on the teams at the end. Joe, how are you feeling about the season? You ready to do this? Dude, I'm pretty excited. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people don't necessarily tune in right away, but I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, we know that you're going to be paying attention (laughs) immediately. So this is going to be great. All right, well, let's jump in. We got 30 teams to get to. So for me, the team that has to be at the top are the Brooklyn Nets because what in the world are the Brooklyn Nets? I don't want to bet this team at all right now. I want to watch this team because I don't know what they are and I need to watch. I'm going to watch every minute and I need to learn. So things I'm watching for, Ben Simmons, who are you? What do you do? What position is Ben Simmons? I know things are positionless, but... Who's he guarding? Is he guarding the perimeter? Is he is he a center now? Is he moving around? Do they play any defense? Like, is there any effort at all involved on defense? Or are we just going to smash overs on these teams right out of the gates? So I want to see how all that shapes up. Joe Harris, where are you, buddy? Supposedly Seth, back. Supposedly back. Seth Curry, are you there? TJ Warren, remember him? Is TJ oh Warren going to play some minutes? Like, what's in, like... There's so many weapons on this team. There's so much shooting. I just need to see it. I want to see what are the rotations look like? What are the lineups look like? Is Steve Nash literally doing anything? I need to see it. So what are you looking for from the Nets? Dude, so like, I mean, I really want to see, obviously, how KD, Kyrie, and Benjamin play together. Um, It's not really, like, preseason numbers, like, aren't super indicative of, like, how they're going to be. But, like, their offense is booty right now like they're only scoring 96.7 points per 100 possessions right now in the preseason so like no matter how you cut that that's like not really great I know they brought in Igor uh, Kokosatskov who was like the coach of the Suns there in that like 19 and 60 whatever 63 win (laughs) season so like that's not you know like whatever but like he honestly should be able to help design some plays and like 
maybe help Nash with that because I think Nash was almost like such a good point guard just because he was like able to do things that other guys couldn't do that like I don't know like how I feel like his play designing is not like the best so I mean that might help and one thing that I'm looking for at least from a prop angle is with Simmons there now um, to what extent is he going to be a primary facilitator instead of like Kyrie and Durant because and then, to, and then also, like, will we see Durant's assists maybe, like, improve as they try to work on a little bit more ball movement with the three of them? So it's not – I it's maybe not, like, as ISO-centric, and it's a little bit more team basketball with those, like, three guys instead of with the two. Yeah, I like that. That's going to be interesting. And I think that the – I'm just going to call him Igor because I don't know how to say the last name as yeah, well. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> yeah. So he coached – Team Slovenia back in Eurobasket the last time around when Luka and Goran and Zoran Dragic won the title. Yeah. So that's what I was associating with that because then, of course, right after that is when he came to the NBA, hired by the Suns, who you may recall had the number one pick and did not take Luka. But that makes me think, okay, you know, Ben Simmons is kind of Luka-ish in the sort of the size and passing creation, the sort of role that he is could... Igor, our guy Igor, could he unlock Ben Simmons and, and maybe put him in some of those Luca type roles? I think we forget like how good Ben Simmons was, right? Yeah, I, love, the- I mean, I really like Ben. I I think some of our listeners might literally like stop listening to this that you just compared Simmons to Luca, but <laughs> style of play. That's all style of play. So it's yeah, okay. Let, let's keep moving because we could just do the whole Nets podcast otherwise if we don't. So we're gonna do Cavs next. I'll go first on this one again, because these are my calves at this point. Like I've been backing the calves every which way on the podcast all summer long. And then of course, as I predicted, not really, they traded for Donovan Mitchell. So I want to see what, what does that look like? Is he actually going to be a contender for points per game? That's been one of our trendy action network sleeper picks. So is he going to put up 25, 30 points? We've seen Mitchell in playoff series, especially really jack up a ton of threes and see a lot of volume. I think there's a lot of room for that in this offense. Like there's, there's not a lot happening here. And what about Mobley, my guy, what sort of sophomore leap is in him? And will we see that flash immediately, even just down to the first week of the season? If I watch a game fresh, who do I think is the best player on this team? Because I think you can make a case. You can make a case for any of the four right now. Like you're probably not going to argue for Jared Allen if we're being totally honest. But but. Darius Garland, all-star last year, Donovan Mitchell, the what they paid for him, he should be the answer to it. But man, if the answer is already Mobley, this team is, like, yeah, it's going to be be good. good. So what what are you watching for on the Cavs? Uh, I'm like very interested to see how their defense is with Mitchell. So um, I know like Mitchell, Mitchell was actually a really good defender in college. And then it kind of like fell off in the NBA and like, I, I imagine some of this has to do with the fact that he's had to be such a scorer in like every offense he's had really with the jazz. So I'm wondering now, like if maybe with Cleveland's defense as it is, like maybe they have like a little bit more emphasis on that, or he just, you know, maybe picks it up a little bit more um, this season, but I, I think their defense is going to be really good. And I'm wondering like, like I know like he's been the lead of like a ton of league leading offenses but I'm wondering to what extent, like maybe the pace slows a bit just because of their yeah. defense, or maybe they actually play a lot faster because their defense is so good. They're going to get a lot of transition opportunities. So I, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see that. And I think it, him and Garland should really play well off each other. We know Garland can play in a backcourt with another guard um, like Colin Sexton before he was hurt. So Mitchell's even better. And this is going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah. I'm leaning unders on this team early because I think, What I liked about this team, what I like still about this team is the defense, but adding Mitchell, I think is going to hype the team to where we're expecting, oh, Donovan Mitchell is there now. There's going to be this great offense. And I'm not sure if that will happen. And certainly if it does, I would expect it's going to take some time for them to figure it out. So if you get kind of a sluggish offense while they're sorting through growing pains, but have the big men defending well, we kind of forget how great their defense was because they weren't healthy together the back half of the year. So I feel like unders are the play. And then just overall, I think I'm fading Cleveland a little bit just until they prove it because this is a team that went from not the target at all and the surprise team that teams were just not really prepared for. And now that Mm -hmm. they made the big trade, like you've got the target on your back now. So 
I'm going to have to see them and see Jamie Bickerstaff adjust to the hype and kind of prove it a little bit. Even though they're, they're still my guys, I still like them. But I, I think as a better, I'll probably be looking to fade the hype a little bit early. Uh, another team that made a big trade for DeJounte Murray, the Atlanta Hawks. What are you thinking with Atlanta early on? So, like, I know we talk, we were betting on him a lot, especially, like, DeJounte, I mean. And people were, I know, like, a lot of gambling Twitter was smashing his, like, rebounds and assists line. <laughs> and they kept opening it at, like, 16 and a half. And he's like, you just hit it every time. And it was it was hitting. I'm actually really concerned here. I, I think the pace is going to be crazy between, like, him and, like, DeJounte and Trey. And I'm really interested to see, because Trey was a really good spot-up shooter, but he just wasn't doing it a lot. So I'm wondering to what extent they're going to say, like, you know, maybe this quarter DeJounte is going to kind of run the offense. Trey, you're going to play a little bit more off ball, like how they're going to kind of weave that together. But I do think this team's going to play like very, very fast. And I, I also think that they're, I think their offense is going to be excellent, but I also think that they're going to be held down by Clint Capella. And like, I like, like Capella's fine. Like he's not like a bad, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but Okongwu is the guy that they need to, I think, take that next step. And if they don't move Capella or make that kind of move, I think that this team might like really struggle to reach their ceiling. Yeah, I agree. I had Okongwu in my notes as well. And I think that's going to take some time just because Capella has the name and quite frankly, the, the contract. So yeah, the I think that's going to happen right away. But yeah, the, the Hawks really lost some of their depth that they had. And I think on purpose a little bit. But that was part of, the, you know, the trade for Murray. To, so yeah. we need to see Okongwu step up. We need to see uh, we need to see Hunter finally yeah. show up and actually stay healthy and start to, you know, pay off on, on some of that potential that he's shown. Uh, you mentioned DeJounte. I could see his live props being interesting because I, can, I feel like there's going to be the times when Trey sits that normally this Hawks team has really struggled in recent years. That's yeah. part of why I like the trade for them is that they finally have their backup point guard now. It's their other guard, DeJounte, who can run things. So I could see with him kind of playing the highs and lows of when Trey's out, we're going to see those rebound assists suddenly coming. So if the line is getting, you know, maybe he barely does anything in the first quarter with Trey and the lines get really deflated, then you can come back on it. And same with just Hawks second quarter, Hawks fourth quarter, is yeah. that that bench unit hopefully – I think should be better with DeJounte running the show a little bit. So yeah, just seeing what does that bench unit look like and how does that play out for the team and for Murray's numbers? Cause yeah, I think overall they're deflated, but then hopefully I think that's part of the point is to be able to, to balance things out with the team that way. So I think that'll be a really interesting watch the Hawks last year. They were, they were kind of like the sleeper team to be the three seed or the four mm -hmm. seed. And I was thinking about it. No one's really talking about that right now, but no, Growth is not linear, and I wonder, it wouldn't surprise anyone, I think, if suddenly it's like, hey, DeJounte Murray fits, and this is a kind of a post-type sleeper, and they're up in that, they're a tier higher than we thought. Yeah, and I think their defense is going to be, I think DeJounte actually really improves their defense. So, I mean, like, Trey was somebody that was exploitable on defense. You could just really attack him, and granted, like, teams play a lot of, like, different defenses during the regular season, but with DeJounte and Hunter, um, coupled with maybe Okongwu, like you, you're going to get a really good defense that can kind of switch on like everything. So even then, like you can kind of hide Trey maybe a little bit there and Collins is fine. Like Collins can play like defense when he wants to. So I think that it's, it's going to be like really interesting. I think their defense might actually be like, I'm not saying it's going to be great, but DeJounte definitely improves the defense in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he improves it. How much he improves it, I think is the key Fair. thing with this team. It's like, do they go from mid twenties ranked to like below average? Can they get yeah. to average? Can they get to fringe top 10? I think that sort of determines the trajectory. It's always fun watching those ratings, you know, five games in too, because yeah. you have like one good quarter and it completely skews everything. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love the small sample size. All right. Boston Celtics. It's just gotta be the vibes. You gotta like, what are the vibes on this team? That's, that's my note for like three or four of these teams. Just like, so you had a summer. How How's it going, Boston? How are we feeling about things? And what does this team look like with Joe Missoula? Are they just the same thing? Or like what, what changes are happening there? What are you watching for in Boston? This is tough, man. Like it's kind of like with the whole like, will they rally together? Like are they going to are they going to like come together? And I mean, we've seen their win total drop precipitously. And I, that's significant. Like that that's a move 
that was like market wide, like that was across the board. Um, so I think you, you have to be a little bit cooler on them. And then also like, you're not going to have Robert Williams for yep. certain stretches of the season. Probably he's probably not going to play as many back to backs. And it's my understanding that that injury and that procedure that he's dealing with is one where it's a lot of it's like pain tolerance. So, and like, there can be a lot of swelling. So like, he's a big dude. He's, he's jumping, like he's, he's blocking a lot of shots. Like he's somebody that you're going to want and need to be healthy. And we saw it in the playoffs. So like, I think that might impact the regular season a little bit. And you just honestly, you just never know when a body part of Malcolm Brogdon is going to explode. So like he's <laughs> awesome when he can play, but you just don't know when he's going to get hurt. So I, I struggled to see them being as good as they were last year, especially after, I guess, what was it that like mid January or so January so, 29th. I've done yeah. that date a few times on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, So I don't know. I struggled to see them being as good, but like they're, they're going to be in the playoffs. Like they're going to be good, but you know, maybe they'll be a little undervalued, but like, I don't really think so. I think it's tough when you don't have, when you have a different coach. Yeah, and I think too, don't forget about Danilo Gallinari. Like that was another yeah. another depth piece that they were supposed to have added. And then he's just out presumably for the season. So Classic. went from went from a team that, you know, earlier in the summer that I was like, man, do you even trade for Kevin Durant with this roster? It's so deep and the depth is what made it so good. And now it's almost flipped. It's like, man, who who's playing off the bench for this team? You know, yeah. it, it, in the games where Time Lord is not out there and no Gallinari and, you know, inevitably no Brogdon at some point, like you said, uh, there's been a lot of buzz about Grant Williams. I've been a long time, a huge Grant Williams uh, fan, Grant but Williams like, stands. what's, yeah, what, 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 where are we going with the buzz here? Like the man can defend for sure. He's got a great basketball IQ, but what else? What is the upside for, you know, yeah, well, (laughs) he certainly shot a lot of threes in the one game that I decided to bet on Milwaukee against him. And then he hit like eight threes the entire night because was that Milwaukee is whatever the team that just, I think it was Milwaukee guard him all night. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Hayden Pritchard and, you know, they're, they're excited about Hauser. We'll see if that's a thing. They're going to need some of these guys though, because the depth is already a question mark. You don't like that going into the season. No. So I, I think it's going to be really, I don't know. I, I, it's tough. Like I, I, they're, it's going to be situational. And I feel like they won so many like close games, coin flip games, like at, like in the second half of the regular season last year, that's tough to like really replicate again. Like I know they were so, so good, but it's like Al Horford's another year older. Like it's just, I think the only way that they can really do it is if Tatum like steps up and like becomes like a, like, I I don't like, he's already so good, but it's like the only way is if he becomes like a consensus top, like three guy in the NBA. And like, I just don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm not sure. I I don't see Tatum as a top three guy. I kind of see him on the Paul George trajectory of like maybe the one peak Tatum year at his very best in the right environment kind of gets to like, Oh, okay. Is is he is he third? Is he third place on an MVP yeah. ballot? Like to me, that's where it goes. But I didn't see him being what he is right now, good either. So maybe he's got that in him still. Obviously, when you're on the wing with that, you know, skill, anything is possible, possible there. Yeah. Speaking of anything is possible, your New York Knickerbockers. Listen, this team would have been like six more slots down the list for me. I don't have a lot of notes here, so I'm just gonna give you the floor. What are you watching for in the next? Dude, I mean, it's gonna be. I, I I mean we know that you bet Jalen Brunson to be most improved. Yes, I've sir. bet it as well. It's it's what's the number twenty five to one still twenty one to one twenty four yeah I think twenty four. So bet that number one. You can also bet him for MVP if you want to get crazy. <laughs> it's literally like three hundred and seventy five to one. Um, I had to get books to add it on so I put a couple bucks on yeah, it. That's how you know it's a great bet. So go ahead yeah. and bet the most improved, <laughs> and then you know maybe just skip this part of the podcast. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, like most something player. We'll fill in the blank later. What else are you looking for on this team? So, but part of why I'm looking at that is like the past couple seasons, or really like last season anyway, Randall led the team in assists. And that is just insane. Like he does not belong leading the team in assists. Like he barely wants to pass the ball. So now I think that you have a competent point guard. I think that should help not only the Knicks as a whole, but I think it should help Randall because he shouldn't feel as much pressure to really handle the ball. And it should also help RJ Barrett, who two years ago, 
had like started to really develop like a great three point shot. And then I think that kind of fell off because last season there really wasn't a point guard. Kemba was hurt all the time. Derek Rose missed the majority of the season. Now you're getting these guys back. So you're going to get Brunson. You're going to have Derek Rose coming off the bench, lead that bench unit. I think that this team, it, we're going to be back betting Nick's second quarter because mm-hmm. that bench is like incredible. The bench is very, very good. Um, and, you know, whether it's Quentin Grimes who stood out in summer league, but like Miles McBride's been playing great minutes in preseason. Uh, so I like all these guys and I think that the Knicks are going to be excellent in the second quarter again. So that's going to be an angle I'm looking to play right away. And I think that Brunson's such a good floor raiser and the Knicks just didn't really have a direction last year in terms of their offense that I'm not as worried about like the offense clicking as it would be like, say with the Cavs, because you have two ball dominant ish guards playing like right now it's like the Knicks didn't have a guard so now you're like giving them a facilitator I I think that they're going to be fine right away and I'm going to be looking to bet them probably like pretty early as a team that might not be valued appropriately because there was so much potential Mitchell hype that it's like people are like oh like they're not going to be that good now but it's like they underperformed last year because of a variety of injuries the point guard position and I think now you're getting that back and like depth so I think that they're I, like, I'm trying not to be Homer, but I'm a little bit more optimistic about them at least being like well within the play in range for sure. Um, and like maybe contending for like that's five or six, depending on how well it goes. So I was with you all the way until that last clause. I don't know about the five <laughs> or six seed, but I there, agree with all six. the rest actually. Yeah. I think this is with Jalen Brunson there. Like we forget exactly how awful the point guard situation was last year. So I think just having Brunson there significantly raises the floor of the team. Yeah, I don't know that it really moves the ceiling needle for me. I don't like the ceiling on the team. That was the point of the Donovan Mitchell trade potentially. Yeah. So, but the floor is important. That's why I think you know the win total is going to be good for them. But more so, having a solid floor with a good defense and a great bench unit. You didn't even mention our guy Isaiah Hartenstein. Like oh, yeah, Knicks fans that. are going to love this dude. I just so, drafted him in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this the Knicks are one of those. T- I think the Knicks are going to be a cover machine, even with the hype on them. That's inevitably going to be there just because they're going to show up and play defense every night. They're going to have that second unit every night and bring their depth. Like those are the things that cover in regular season. And I wonder too, this just struck me, Jalen Brunson, we know he's going to have, you know, stretches where he plays like 38 minutes a game for a couple weeks at a time, just because Tibbs. Yeah. Did we get like a Fred Van Vliet sort of season? Like I could see some some Freddy numbers there where and that's why I kind of like the you know the most improved. Uh, Van Vliet for me has been kind of a fringe all NBA contender and I, I could see you know similar smaller sort of player but we've seen Van Vliet too with somewhat inflated numbers because he's playing yeah. like 47 minutes a night for Toronto. What what do you think about that one? No, I think that that's totally within play. And I think that's also why I prefer for most improved. If you're going to bet a Nick, you bet Brunson rather than RJ. RJ was playing 40 minutes a game last year. Like there's only so many more minutes he can play. So like Brunson, like this is significant uptick and he's at the point guard position. He's going to have the ball in his hands. Like he's in charge of his usage. And I think that that's like a critical point. So I, I totally can see that. And I think that's why it makes such, it's such a good bet for uh for most improved you gotta at least have in your portfolio all right well from your local team to mine let's talk about the bulls a little bit i think you just need to see which bulls do we get from last year like which version of the team it's been a long time but early in the season this was a one seed like they were right there at the top of the east now we know the underlying numbers said that they really shouldn't have been and it sort of evened out over time but i think perhaps it over evened out in time you know that they the injuries kind of threw things off a little bit maybe. So I'm curious just where do they land on the spectrum? Like I was work- working on coach of the year earlier and looking at, okay, well, for, for the Bulls to be in the mix for that, they need to get to, you know, 54 wins or whatever the number was. And I was like, well, no, nah, the Bulls are not good. They can't do that. And then as I thought, I was like, well, for half of the year last year, they absolutely were that good. And they were right on yeah. pace for that. And then I feel like we just kind of totally wrote them off. So what do we get from this team and how much do they miss Lonzo? What happens? We know with Ayodesunmu, how do we get, I think too much Goran Dragic and apparently three point shooting Andre Drummond dude hit three threes in the preseason. I, I don't know what that was. He's he just like shot. 8% he for, for his career. Seasons. Like he is, he literally has seasons where he's like two of 29 for the season or something. So 
I don't know. I, I worry that they'll rely a little bit too much on those veterans on the team. I do want to see Pat Williams. We've been waiting on yeah. him for a while. So yeah, I just want to see which version of the Bulls from last year is in, in this team. Who are we going to get? Yeah, I mean, I the Lonzo stuff's tough because like I just I, I hope he can play. Like I love like I think his game is like perfect for this team too. Like he's great defender, switch all, like tertiary ball handler, secondary secondary ball handler. Um, and then his defense has been excellent. So like you want him to play. Io's been great. Io's they they said he's gonna realistically be the starter in 40 games as a starter last year. He averaged like 11, five and a half assists and like about almost four rebounds. So, like those are good numbers. Um, and he'll be fine, I think, especially after like a year in the NBA, a year of their real offseason workouts and stuff, and then like knowing he's gonna be the starter and playing with like the rest of these guys. But I don't know. I Personally, I've bet them to miss the playoffs. I don't really like this team. Like, and it's not just, it's not like that. I don't think that they're, I think that they're good, but like, I just think that their upside is like not super high. And I think that due to the age of the roster that I think I can see like a lot of downside. Cause I'm just like, is it going to fall off at some point? Like, wh- like what, what, what's going on here? So, and DeRozan had a crazy year last year no. I, and I don't know to what, extent he can replicate that now so i'm a little cooler on them and i bet that because i don't really see them as a top six team so it's like if they're in the play-in and then they lose i can either or i can really either hedge it because it's plus money or you know like if they lose out then they're not in the playoffs anyway yeah i agree with all that but do you think that means is this a team that we bet right now like uh, on these opening games while other than lonzo while they are healthy and before the drop-off comes, is this team a little undervalued perhaps right now because of how bad the year ended for them? Like, is there is there a little bit of a buyback for you or are you just staying away? Uh, I think you could. I think it just depends on the spot because, like, I know, like, they start off the season playing um, the Miami Heat. So, like, that's not necessarily a team that, like, I want to fade them again <laughs> or, like, bet them against because, yeah. like, I – I think Miami is just Miami's good. Like they take care of business. Like I feel like they do what they're supposed to do. But like if you're gonna play, if you're gonna get them against like a team that might be a little overhyped, like honestly, like if they're playing the Cavs, then like yeah, I, I might play. I might bet on the Bulls just based on like the off season hype machine. You know. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Let, let's do the Heat since we're talking about them. I haven't forgotten your Philadelphia 76ers. We're gonna come back to them. But so for the Heat, for me, who's the fifth starter? Like. Is there, is there a guy Yurt? Is Yurt going to be Yurt Sevens in, in the starting lineup? Is that it? And then if it is, then what does that mean for Bam Adebayo? Like, does that actually change his role very much? And obviously, I think he's the second favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. So does that help or hurt? What does that look like for him? And I think I just need to see, too, like, they had a long run last year. And we got Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who are like 300 years old in basketball years right now. Like, yeah. So, I, are, are, do they look old? Do they look tired coming out of the gates? Because I'm a little worried long term about what the trajectory looks like for this team here this season after that long season. Yeah. I kind of just want to see the energy level and how locked in are they? And is there some residual, hey, we're going to really get Kevin Durant? We paid Tyler Hero, but we're not totally sure if we wanted to. Do we have to start him now? Like, <laughs> it feels like this is, even though we're mostly running it back, it feels like this is kind of a weirdly, we tried to change things up and didn't quite get there. So I, I kind of just want to see, yeah, I guess another vibes team for me. Yeah, like I I don't like them futures-wise uh, based on like a lot of those reasons. Like I didn't really like them last year and I think they just happened to get like a really good break in terms of the playoff schedule that they had. Um, I, Matt, Matt's been saying that like Yurt's going to start alongside Bam. So that's really interesting. I think it's going to take Bam away from the basket. It's probably going to lower his rebounds. And that's part of why I don't like him for DPOI. Cause I was looking at him and I was like, maybe that's a bet because he's like in the conversation kind of like every year, everybody knows he's like a great defender. Um, he's never going to win like MVP, but I'm a little concerned. It's like if the rebounds go down, like people just for some reason associate rebounds with defense. And, um, you know, it's, I think he's going to be maybe try to use, be used a little bit more as a scorer because they don't want to put hero in the starting lineup. 
So yeah. that's that's definitely a concern. And I I'm wondering to what extent Kyle Lowry was just like, was it old? Like I know he had a lot of personal things going on last year, but he in theory should really help this team if he's like healthy and able to play. Um, I, I mean, he still has talent, obviously. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, well, and I'll speak to the BAM thing too, because so I think that you're right about the rebounding thing. I haven't thought about that. So rebounds rebounds are part of defense because a rebound ends a possession, which is literally the point of defense. So like we know that, but the point of that is we don't have a lot of defensive metrics that are very reliable. And when, when somebody builds one of those metrics, a DBPM or Raptor or whatever all the fancy metrics are, how is there not a Draymond metric for defense? Yeah, there's got to be something for that out there. Starts yeah. with a D. Come on, people. So, but like they only have so many things to use. Rebounds absolutely goes into those metrics. If you look at a guy sometime and you're like, why is his advanced metric defense so high? Why is he getting so much credit? Almost always rebounding is a pretty good reason for it. See also yeah. Russell Westbrook, great defender. Russell yeah. Westbrook, not a great defender, but gets a lot of rebounds. So I think that's interesting. That is a thing to keep in mind because even though that should have nothing to do with how we rate defensive player of the year, if all we have is a few numbers and that one number does change things and that could play out. All right, let's do Sixers. We'll come, came back to them on our list. I'm high on the Sixers. As you know, I've bet them every which way so far. So I want to see what I've been looking for. I want to see them come out of the gate hot. Uh, Our guy, Tyrese Maxey, I think averaged 40 points per 36 in the preseason, which Last I checked, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so I want to see. I've been betting on this team because of the defense. So show me the defense right away. I want to see it yeah. right out of the gates. Doc, do you have this defense ready? You've got all the talent that you need there. What do the rotations look like? Because I want, as a team that, or as a guy that's bet on Philadelphia, I want to see B.J. Tucker and Daniel House and Anthony Melton, Matthias Tybel. I want to see, in my opinion, Three good defenders. I'm going to count Embiid as one of them. Embiid plus two defense guys and not very much where we get a lineup with Harden and Maxi and Tobias Harris. I don't need that in my life. Give me two of those guys or one of them and put those defenders out there. Can we balance our lineups and not just play the four presumptive stars on this team? So I'm looking for that early. And then, of course, just like what's left of James Harden and what is his role going to be on this team? Is he an assist over his guy? Is he a points under his guy? That's how I lean early. But what do you think with with him or with his team? That's exactly what I'm looking at too for, for Harden, because what I've noticed in preseason anyway, is he has really taken a step back in terms of his scoring, but his assists have kind of spiked a bit. So I think that that bodes pretty well for a lot of the other guys that are playing on the team. I think it helps his, I think it actually, it helps the offense a lot, but the one thing is though, you have to then, I think then it gets a little dangerous where if you're going to play him in a rotation like that, where it's like three defensive guys, him and Embiid, it's like, it can't like at that point, he needs to be a scorer to try to help stretch the floor. But I think that that's great for guys like Maxi or Tobias Harris, because if they're playing alongside of him, I think that we could see their points or like their threes like increase because Harden's gravity is still crazy and he's still an excellent facilitator. So I, I'm 100% with you. I Like if they're going to be putting out lines like 21 and a half, 22 and a half on his points, I think those are like easy under bets. And, you know, if you're going to get like nine and a half, 10 and a half assists, like there's he it's entirely possible he could lead the league in assists. But like I know he's one of the favorites, so it's not really yeah. like a bet to make. Yeah, I think he is the favorite and probably the right favorite there. But I think you can bet it night to night, though, especially if it spikes early. It always takes books, you know, a few games to adjust the line on that sort of a thing. So I think assist overs there makes sense. I'm interested, too. Like you mentioned, we talked about this with DeJounte Murray. Is there a version of James Harden that plays point guard when the stars are playing, but then turns back into Rockets James Harden when it's not that way? I'm skeptical. Like, I'm not skeptical that 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 Harden exists anymore. I think it still is in there more than people will credit. I'm skeptical that his mental side of the game can let him switch back and forth like that between like between quarters, between stints, especially. So, yeah, I'm worried about that. Yeah, I think that guy's going to be Tyrus Maxey. It's like going to be you're playing with Embiid, you're playing with Harden, you're going to play one way, like maybe take a little bit more threes. When he's on the floor by himself, it's going to be drive to the hoop. 
So I think he's the guy maybe with the mentality change more than anybody else. So let me ask you this. I was on a, a, I think I was texting with Matt Moore the other day about this. So I'll ask you the same question. Thought had not really dawned on me until I was watching another preseason game where Maxie was just absolutely lighting it up again, like out of the gates. Like he scores 15 of their first 20 points every night. Give me a percentage chance. We know Joel Embiid is the best player on this team. What percentage chance is there to you that Tyrese Maxey is the second best player on this Philadelphia team? Um, and, and is that good low. if that I happens? I think it's low. Uh, so, okay. So I think it's low that it, it is. And I think it's bad if it is too, because I think that Harden's a lot more important um, than Maxey just because of what he does spacing wise. And I don't think that Maxey is get like Maxey has the same type of respect in like the league. And I think that that would change the way that Embiid is covered and defended. Mm. So I think that like, if Maxie's the second best player in the team, then like, unless he takes like some outrageous leap forward, then like, okay, fine. Like, but as even like, even with a, a step forward, I still don't think he's better than Harden. Like that's why you went and you got Harden. Like he's, he's still like the, the, like one of the, like a top, I don't know, 15 guy I think you like have to say so it's like is maxi top 15 like I don't think so yeah and I think too to your point is if maxi is that good does he have that potential I think we all see it so maybe he gets there the problem is if maxi is suddenly a top 25 sort of guy absolutely could get there but if he is that and is the second best player I'm very worried for what that means for James Harden like and then intuitively what that means for the team because you went out and gave so much to get him. And what does that leave? Because we've seen kind of with Russell Westbrook, when you don't get to be Russ, you're not really valuable anymore. Now, James can shoot, but if you don't get to be James Harden and do any of the Harden things and handle less and, and drive yeah. less, what are you? Because if you're still a traffic cone on defense and you're not the Harden things on offense, that version scares me a little bit. Yeah. So as someone that has bet on, Sixers over, Sixers one seed, Doc Rivers coach of the year, Joel Embiid defensive player of the year. I hope that that's not the case that we get. I love a strong Maxi is number two B on the team. That'd be great for yeah, me. Yeah, that's, that's great for them. All right. Uh, speaking of a team with hype, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit basketball is back. I am fading the hype hard to start this season. I think that this team is not good. I don't think that they're going to be great offensively. They're a very young team. They're going to try on defense, so I think they'll be decent defensively, relatively speaking, but I think the hype has gotten out of control. I am absolutely betting against this team out of the gates. Yeah, I mean, they're playing the Magic in their first game of the season. Like, Detroit's at home. They're four-and-a-half-point favorite to the Magic, and, like, I don't know. I, the, I think the Magic are better. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially with the Bagley injury. The Bagley injury, to me, is significant, especially if he's going to miss time at the beginning of the year. So you're getting this guy who's playing, like, very meaningful minutes, like, good minutes for them uh, last season. And then now it's like he's going to be out to start the season on a team that's overhyped. So I think that this win total has actually gone up so high. I'm, like, I'm close to betting the under on it. And, like, I hate betting unders on things. Um, but I think it's up to like 29 and a half and I, it opened at what? 25 and a half. Like that's a huge swing for what? Like, why did it move that much? Like hype? I, I don't know. Like I think Cade can take a step forward, but I'm not really sold in this team. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye closely on what Killian Hayes are we getting? I, I, let me specify. I already Should know we? what Killian Hayes we're getting. We're getting a bad Killian Hayes. How much Killian Hayes are we getting? And I think the answer is going to be too much and by more too much than it should. Uh, you know, they it's time to move on. It's Jaden yeah, Ivy season. Yeah. Get, get Killian out of here. But I think it's going to take some time. So I'll probably be looking, if we get lines, to fade, you know, take the under on Ivy lines early on because I think yeah. we're going to see too much Killian Hayes and, you know, maybe even some minutes together. And now Ivy is not on the ball and that's muting him a little bit. So I'm worried a little bit about that. He's not good. It, like, go play in Europe. It, it, we, we had fun. Thanks for coming over to our draft. It's not your season anymore. Like, the Pistons have moved on. We got Cade. We got Ivy. We got Jalen Duran. Like, it's Bang. a fun team. I want to yeah. watch them. Yeah, I want to see this team play. But I, I'm just going to be betting against them. You mentioned they're playing the Magic. Let's do Magic next. I want to watch the Magic because I want to see, you know, Paolo. Is Paolo Rookie of the Year? We I'm, I'm in heavily on him. So what does he look like? And... 
it's fun watching the preseason. Apollo plus Franz Wagner plus Wendell yeah. Carter Jr. Those are three good front court passers. And the ball is really popped to me. Like that offense I've assumed was going to be pretty bad because they don't have any guards on the team. And even the ones they do have are all injured, but the ball is moving with those three. And I think that's presumably that's your three starters. Thank God Franz is back. So we don't have to play Apollo at the three anymore. That was ridiculous in the preseason, but I don't know. I, I, the magic defend some again, because Jamal Mosley has them defending. So I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not ready to say the magic going to be good or make the playoffs or anything like that, but I think this team, they're one to keep an eye on because I want to see Paolo and Franz. You know, Franz, uh, people are going to assume Paolo is the best player on the team and the numbers, the raw numbers will probably back that up. Franz is the best player on this team and Franz Wagner is going to be really good. He's so good. And like, we, I think if anybody was watching Eurobasket with me, um, Franz was awesome for Germany, like absolutely incredible. And like, I think that that was big for him, like personally, like, I mean, like, I know he knows he's good. Like he knows he's good, obviously, but like he was really leading that team and like, they were looking for him. He was finding a shot. He was finding guys like with open looks, he was getting rebounds, like that's what this magic team actually kind of needs. Like they need a guy that's like not only willing to get it get his own bucket, but get buckets for other guys. And I think that that's going to be super important, especially for the development of Paolo, um, because he's going to be on a team like with another guy that's like good rising. Like he's, he's improving like game after game after game. And that is unselfish. And like, as a big man, like it's hard to like, as, like Powell is not like a point big, like he's not like bringing the ball up to court. Like that's not really what he's doing. So like to have Franz help like and distribute and be willing, I think that's going to be great for this offense and really help Paolo like put up bigger numbers, I think. Yeah, I do too. And uh, one other thing I mentioned, the lack of guards, the one guard they do have is Cole Anthony. Give me the Cole Anthony overs to start the year oh, yeah. because last year for the first month or so of the season, he was putting up real numbers. Like I always do a one month all-star just to kind of get a, you know, a glimpse at where's the league standing. And Cole Anthony was like my last cut off of the Eastern one month all-stars last year. He was putting up like mid twenties points per game. I think he's going to get points and assists. Like uh, I want the overs early because somebody on this team has to soak up the usage. And, you know, Franz is not really going to be a huge usage guy. I don't think Wendell Carter is not that. Paolo is going to get a bunch of it, but I, I think Cole Anthony, there's going to be plenty for, you know, plenty to go around for him. Five teams left in the East. You know, these are the ones at the end. So we'll whip through these a little faster, but of course I'm just going to throw it to you for this one. The Midwestern favorite Indiana Pacers and your Tyrese Halliburton. What are you watching for with your Pacers and your Hallie? Hallie's going to be great. I don't know. Like that's it. Book it. He's going to be awesome. No, like, look, the numbers he was putting up without Brogdon last season, and it was almost like the exact same thing. It's like when he was playing with Brogdon and when he was playing with Fox, and then when he wasn't playing with them, the difference was so significant. And I think it's just because he was deferring in a way to like the guys, like the veterans. And it's like, this is the time like he's been spoken to like they're they they're letting him know it's like you are the you run the offense like this is your team and i don't think it's crazy to th- to see him take a jump he was averaging like 18 10 and almost five rebounds without brogdon and it was similar stats without fox he was and he was doing it like ultra efficiently 50 point like 50 percent from the field almost 40 percent from three uh I don't see why he can't just continue to do this. And like, at least at the beginning of the season, he's going to have some great weapons. Like he's going to have miles Turner. He should have Duarte. Like he should have those guys like buddy healed even. So I think that if the Pacers don't trade these guys, like they might not be as bad as we think they're going to be, but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a sad day if they shut them down because of tanking. <laughs> yeah. I was going to tank your most improved ticket, your fancy basketball team that you drafted literally like an hour ago before this podcast <laughs> is going to tank a lot of Joe Delera, Halliburton stock. If that happens, <laughs> I want overs on this team. I expect yeah. the offense to be pretty good. And I, I expect the defense to be really bad. Like Miles yeah. Turner can't do it all. And there's not a lot else here. So I think overs early before things adjust. You're looking for Halliburton overs as well. 
Yeah, I think so too. And I I think I'm going to be looking I'm, if there's if they're going to set his points and assist line at 24 and a half, like that's just a smash <laughs> like every game. <laughs> it's going to be a smash every game. But I I'm going to be looking for it. I'm curious to see where they put the line at. One thing that he was sneaky good at though, and you you mentioned this in regards to like the pace is he was getting a lot of steals. He was getting almost two steals a game. So I'm going to see where they put that line at because if they're going to play at a faster pace, which I think we both expect, that just means there's going to be more opportunities for steals. Um, the offense, I think, should be decent. Um, but, you know, if they're if they're playing faster, maybe he'll have a little bit more opportunity on the defensive end for like that kind of picking stat or so to speak. I love it. Tyrese Halliburton steals escalators. That's what the people <laughs> come here for. Hey, All right, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. I gotta see is this preseason malaise a real thing? Because they went zero and five. They're done because they, they had the Abu Dhabi trip, so they look tired. And I gotta say, they look they look old. And this team yeah. is not the youngest either. Like we kind of just pencil in that. Oh, I think the Bucks are just are they the favorites to win at all? Well, that's because of Giannis. Giannis is great and not going anywhere. But what about the rest of the team? They're yeah. clearly missing Chris Middleton right now. And a lot of the other role players around there, they're, they're old guys, you know, like Brooke Lopez is getting older and has the back history. We have Wes Matthews playing big minutes on this team. Crazy. There's, you know, like Serge Ibaka. He's, he's, you know, got some basketball years on him. There's, there's not a lot of like youth or exciting upside on this team. Yeah. So if the guys look old and injured, there's not many other answers here. I think you have to fade the bucks coming out of the gates because They've been terrible in the preseason. I think you have to fade them until they prove otherwise. Am I am I reading too much into the preseason here? No, I, th- I mean, I think that that's a fair point. And it's kind of one of those things. It's like preseason doesn't matter, but like you should try to win a game. <laughs> right. And like, you know, like they like you said, they have some older guys. They got angles, which is like nice. Uh, they got and I, 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 I'm really curious to see what kind of role they give to uh I hope I'm not mispronouncing it, but Marjan Bouchamp. Like I'm, uh, like I'm wondering what his development is going to be because I think it might be low key important for this Bucks team for him to like get meaningful minutes and be good come playoffs time. Uh, so and like be able to at least be a scorer or something for them. Yeah, I think you're right. And the fact that your defense to my are the Bucks bad right now was torn ACL old Joe Ingles and rookie <laughs> G Leaguer Marjan Bouchamp, like. That worries me a little bit that yeah. like, those sound like the solutions for like the wizards who are about to talk about. That seems like their answer to the question. You should not be a title favorite and your answers are off ACL Joe Ingles and rookie Marjan Beauchamp. So I think that answered my question a little bit for Fair. me. The Toronto <laughs> Raptors kind of weirdly uninteresting to me because after all the possible KD hype, they're sort of just the same thing. What are you looking yeah. for with Toronto? just to see what kind of leap maybe Scotty Barnes really takes in this year. And like, I am wondering, like, do they make a move? Because I personally, I think OG on is like very overrated, but like, apparently he's not like, so, but like he, maybe he's a guy that's like a trade piece. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like they have a lot of redundant talent and like, I want to see them make a move to like shake it up a little bit. And like is Nick Nurse gonna play these guys forty minutes game again? Like why not? <laughs> like, I, like I don't I don't know. Like I, I'm there. It's great for their individual like prop overs, I guess. Like at least at the beginning of the season. Yeah, because, until it adjusts. <laughs> yeah, until it adjusts that they're gonna play like forty minutes a game, and then it's like, all right, well, their stat line is just like, are they gonna get in foul trouble? Because if they are, then they're not even gonna get close to this. So um, I'm I'm not super excited to watch them though. Yeah, Canadian Tibbs up there just running his guys into the ground. Yeah. Uh, Wizards, I kind of I, I might want to play the Wizards early. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that I was I'm not intrigued by them. They just have a bunch of NBA dudes. They just have like nine quality rotation of players. Like they're a team I think, especially as we get into the grind of the season, they're a team that's going to catch someone off guard because they're going to have. Will Barton coming at you some night or Kyle Kuzma, Christoph Porzingis. Porzingis was, was pretty good last year, actually. Yeah. Like as he as was kind of putting up. It. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Brad Beal is back. There's players on this team. I'm not super hyped about them, but we forget last year for about a month or six weeks or so, the wizards were the top of the East. Like they were the one seed for a while. Wes Unsell jr. Was the Sun buzz coach of the year favorite. 
is that in there? Like, is can he coach up the defense and get something better than what, oh my goodness, it, it got to later in the year? I think the Wizards are actually a team that I'm going to have to bet on them early on because just because no one's talking about them. Like, it's, it's almost a contrarian play, and there's enough dudes there that someone's going to show up each night. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm going to be trying to back the Wizards early while everybody's at least healthy. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, I'm not going to bet early the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> what do we say about the Hornets? No mellow for a while, at least. And I have a suspicion a while might be a more while than we're counting for right now. No, uh, no Miles Bridges, obviously, for very other reasons. Yeah. This feels like the Hornets go like one in 12 while Lamelo is out. And then we already know where the season goes from there. Like, it, it, is this like, are you just fading the living daylights out of this team with me? I have no intention of betting on them. And like, I think that they're going to, they're going to be weird because I think people for some reason, like they, people think that they're good. And like, I think that like, even without LaMelo, people are going to be wanting to bet on them, uh, which is a little odd, but I, like, I, I have no intention of betting on them. I wouldn't be surprised to see Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward in new places, hmm. uh, you know, soon, like, you know, by the trade deadline and like, maybe just try to pack it in. Uh, I I think they're going to be bad, like very bad. <laughs> like aggressively bad yeah. because Victor Wimanyana and Scoot Henderson, they're just, they're just hanging out, waiting out there. And some of these teams are going to pull the plug earlier than we're used to on this thing. And uh, it sort of feels like the Hornets might've done that before the year even started. 100%. And that LaMelo ankle might've gotten them off on, uh, on the right foot, I guess, pun intended on that okay. one. I might play some Terry Rozier props early because somebody's got to do stuff for that team and no LaMelo, no bridges. We just suddenly opened up like 45 points from the metaverse that somebody yeah. has to take on over there. So I don't know, like James Booknight, are you out here? Somebody's oh, got to do I things like for that team. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. So <laughs> yeah. that, that somebody's going to score, but uh, no, I'm not excited for them overall. No. All right. Well, we've got to the James Booknight part of the podcast. I think that means it's time to wrap it up for the East. So that is going to do it for the Eastern conference part of our Buckets Season Mega Preview Blowout. We'll be back. Actually, I think you're getting part two right now. We're putting them both out, so make sure to check out the Western Conference as well. Of course, at Action Network, we've got you covered for everything you need for basketball all season. We'll have game guides up, let you know what bets to make, of course, for opening night. We've got all sorts of articles up on futures, awards, divisions, Matt Moore, put in an article on every single team's win total over under. And I think we even have an article out that has all 30 in one place. So just like pull up some toilet paper and, and jump into the bathroom and get the map more 30 team win total and just give yourself like a half an hour and just, just dive in and read everything you need. And then, you know, this stuff will be good. We're here on buckets all season long. So we'll catch you next time. Let's get buckets. <laughs>